It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. We are in the middle of a series about habiting your life, how you use those habits to move you forward. And as I confessed in the first session, you know, for a long time, it didn't occur to me about how important, just how powerful these habits are. In spite of the fact that all my life I've watched people struggle through bad habit after bad habit that held them back. I've watched people struggle with addictions that held them back. And I've watched example after example of habits either boosting people forward or holding them back. And yet I didn't put a whole lot of stock into it. Partly is because I always like change and I always like new things. And what I realized is that we're all kind of like that. We all like the change, but we also like something to rely on. One day I realized as I was going through my day, as I was going through my morning, I was kind of on automatic. I was making my coffee and I was doing my thing and I didn't think about the fact that I wasn't thinking about those things until suddenly I was thinking about the fact that I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to think about how to make the coffee. It just kind of went on automatic, which is a good thing in the morning. And I don't have to think about how I'm going to shower myself when I'm going through the morning. And some other things out of the ordinary. You know, we kind of have those checklists. But so much of your day is based on automatic. It's based on habits, how you work, how you deal with your phone, how you deal with tasks in front of you, how you deal with getting up and getting going and all those other pieces. Usually it's those rituals through the day that just get you going. Well, that's the norm for us. And the question is whether our habits are going to work for us or whether our habits are going to get in our way. And so the first week we talked about how important that habiting is, how important it is to, to understand the role of habits and how you become your habits, how you actually, as you move through your day, those habits either propel you towards more success or hold you back from success, an accumulation of those habits. Then last week, we talked some about how you make those habits stick, how you use those reminders of when to activate a new habit and how you you make sure that you follow your routine of that habit and how you give yourself that reward for that habit, how you make sure that you are, are making those habits really, really stick. Remember that habits are created in the neuronal pathways of your brain. And so the more often you do something, the more you fall into the rhythm of doing it that way. It's kind of like building that that trench where the water goes down. I talked about that last week of, you know, how it runs down that road at the beach. And the, the more the water runs through that trench, that trough, the deeper it gets until it is where all the water is going to flow. Same in our brain. It's how we go on automatic. Once the neurons are hooked up, then our energy doesn't have to be devoted to making sure it's hooked up. A lot of research shows that it takes probably about 30 days, sometimes 45 days, up to 60 days to really get that habit down. The thing that most people think is that it's kind of like, oh, it's going to take me 60 days until I have this good habit, failing to see that for 60 days they've already done that good habit. And and what is happening is that over time it's just getting easier. And part of getting rid of a bad habit is that it takes a long time to break the bad habit. But if we replace it with a good habit, it's a whole lot easier to get there. 
A good a close friend of mine who is a retired doctor told me, you know, he, he came through the time when doctors actually had this idea, thanks to the tobacco industry, that smoking might be good for you. In fact, my grandfather uh, smoked cigarettes when he was young because the doctor recommended it to help him with his allergies. In later life, he decided that maybe that wasn't so good, so he changed over to a pipe. But he smoked through all of his adult life because a doctor said, this is what you need to do for your allergies, oddly enough. And so my doctor friend was telling me that for years he had to not wear a shirt, a, a, a dress shirt with a pocket on it. He said, do you realize how hard it is to find a men's dress shirt with no pocket you know, on, on the chest? And I said, why didn't you just buy one with it? And he said, because I would tear it. And I said, it, you, would, you would tear your pocket? And he said, yeah, because when I was younger, you know, when I would reach for my cigarettes, I would carry them in that, that pocket. And so I would just reach over and grab one and I would go smoke it. And, and it was kind of my automatic thing. I'd go in my office after seeing some patients and I would reach in, grab that cigarette, smoke it. I would leave the office to go get a bite to eat or something. I would reach in my pocket and, and grab that. And so when I stopped smoking, I kept starting the same thing. I would get to that same place and I would reach over for the cigarette which wasn't there and so I would reach deeper and I was constantly tearing that pocket just because it happened on automatic he said my my shirts all had tears in the chest pocket because my brain was on automatic going for that same habit and we weren't talking for months after he stopped smoking but for years after he stopped smoking the right stimulus came along and he reached for the cigarette that was no longer there and finally had to find a brand of dress shirts that didn't have a pocket just so that he wouldn't be stuck in that. So that's what happens when there's a bad habit. You know, we're, we're trying to undo. We're trying to cover over that trench. And part of the way we do that is we replace it by a better habit. And so along the way, he picked up the better habit of getting gum out and chewing the gum when he felt the need for the cigarette. So he would reach over for the pocket, realize that his cigarettes are no longer there, and then reach in his pocket and grab his gum. He was replacing one with another. What I want to talk about today is how we create our goals based on those habits. Because if you think about it, in, in terms of all of these ways we set goals, these goals are really, in some ways, a culmination of the habits that are moving you in the direction of your goal. I'm assuming that the goals you have are, are lofty goals, uh, uh, goals that give you, get you to a better place, because most of us don't make goals you know, of getting in worse shape, of, you know, of, of gaining excess weight. We don't have a goal of eating poorly or a goal of not writing a book or a goal of stopping our exercising or a goal of you know, maybe getting a demotion at work. At least for the most part, we don't, we don't do those things. We have goals that carry us to a higher place. If you've looked at much research on goals, you recognize that most people don't get to their goals. They fall short of their goals. And part of the reason is because I think maybe we don't realize that those goals really are just that culmination of habits we've chosen that get us in the direction of that goal. I've talked about this in, in other episodes of this podcast that I really kind of have some problems with goals. And the reason I have problems with goals is because for the most part, they are distant destinations and they are not about the process to get there. And because of that, they end up being a deadline. 
think about that. If you decide that you're going to get into shape, right? I decide that I want to be in shape by summer. Okay, now I've got my deadline of summer. And the getting in shape is kind of a vague idea, and it's out in the future. Let's even make it a little more concrete. Let's say you decide you want to lose 25 pounds before you go on vacation. So the losing 25 pounds is the destination, right? It's out there in the future. There's a deadline to it because you want to do that before you go on vacation, but it's out there. There's nothing about that goal that makes it easy to get there. You might really, really, really want it. And so your desire to achieve that, you know, is high enough that you're going to kind of get your way through there. But the goal itself is not what pulls you forward. The goal is not what gets you there. It's the system behind it. So I've talked about this. This is one of those ideas where instead of having goals, I try to create systems in my life. And when I pull it all apart, I realize that my systems are really some habits that are set up in an environment where it can get me in a good place. So let's use that example. Let's say that you have a goal of losing 25 pounds. You could even have a goal of gaining 25 pounds of muscle if you would like, but somewhere in there it's about 25 pounds. We're going to lose 25 pounds. And so you create your system. Your system can be following some diet plan. Maybe you've picked up some diet plan from a book or from the internet or from some app. And so your system is to follow that diet plan. That's your system. Now, you have to work your system, but you have created a diet plan. Or maybe you've decided, you know what, what I need to do is eat more veggies. I was sitting with somebody, a a friend of mine, who uh, says, well, you know, I'm I'm a vegetarian now. And I was looking at my friend's plate, and my friend might be a carbitarian, right, where everything on their plate was pasta and bread and, and cheese sauces, but no vegetables. And I said, you know, my memory is that vegetarians eat vegetables. So maybe eating more veggies is a way of getting towards that that diet goal. Maybe eating more veggies will get you to losing those 25 pounds. Or maybe your plan is to cut out all of those sweets that we often have right before bedtime. You know, you decide I'm not going to have that bedtime snack and I'm going to cut that out. I'm I'm not going to have whatever. For, For me, it would be the ice cream that's calling my name. But Maybe you decide not to have bedtime snacks or afternoon snacks or mid-morning snacks. You're going to cut that out and therefore reduce your calories. And maybe you've even decided on a system of exercising some, of of putting that in place. I want you to notice, though, that there are habits that make that system work. And so the system becomes a part of your life because of the habits you start out with. So, for example, let's say that you decide you're going to eat better. You're going to follow this diet plan. And let's say the diet plan requires you to drink some water. Always a good start. And so you decide that you're going to start your day off with a glass of water. If you haven't done that in the past, you can guarantee that it's going to be a challenge to do that in the beginning. You're not even going to, it's not going to cross your mind. At least if you're like me, when you first get up, you need everything on automatic. I need my exercise clothes right beside my bed, right? And I need to make sure that when I'm walking downstairs to do my writing, that the computer's right there. I don't have to go dig for it. I don't have to go dig everything out, that everything is ready to go. And so let's say that I decided that I'm going to start my day with a glass of water. That would be the beginning of losing weight. So I know I'm going to be coming downstairs. I might put that water right on the edge of the kitchen island, right beside whatever else I'm going to do, like right beside my, my reading glasses, because I know those are going to be put on. 
Or maybe I put my glass of water right beside my charging smartphone so that when I'm picking up my smartphone to unhook it, it's right there ready to go. That would be the beginning of building that habit. But notice that you also have the system in place, right? The diet plan is in place and you've committed to this process of, for instance, drinking water. Or maybe you decide that you're going to go for a daily walk. And so each morning you set your alarm, you know, 15, 20 minutes earlier so you can get that walk done. And you put your walking shoes right beside your bed and your walking clothes right beside your bed so that the easiest thing to have happen is that you stumble into your habit. That's part of what we talked about last time of making sure that there's something that's a reminder that sets you up for the next piece. So your alarm goes off. That's a reminder to get up. That once you're, you're putting your feet on the ground to have a reminder there, there's your shoes to pull them on. Then you're ready for your walk. You've already triggered that response. Instead of wondering what to do next, you've already created that. The system in place is to set your alarm you know, 15, 20 minutes early. Your system is to make sure the water is in place. Your system is to make sure your shoes are there. The habit that happens is that you begin to move towards your goal because your systems... And your habits move you in that direction. The system is always trying to make you fall in the direction of your goal. For instance, let's say you opt to not eat processed foods. You know, you've decided that you're going to go to the store. And if you can't uh, pronounce all the words on the back of the label, and if those, those labels are not very simple, you're not going to buy it. Which, what I've learned from that means that you're going to be buying from the periphery of the store. As I've noticed, the store periphery is a place where the whole foods are, the vegetables and the fruits and the meats and, you know, some of those other whole products are around the edge. And so all I have to do is decide not to go down the middle, and I've missed most of that. That's part of my system. And so if your system is to decide to eat less processed food, one way of accomplishing that in your habits is to not bring it home where it's available to you. So your system is, I will not bring home that processed food. I will not bring home foods that have more than five ingredients on the back or what, however you choose to pick that. So they're not available to you. You've cut off the possibility of that habit going the other way. If you don't bring it in, you can't grab it when it's the first thing there. Let's say you decide to take it a step further and you want to, you want to eat less processed foods, but you've also decided you want to eat a handful of nuts every day. And maybe let's go the next step and decide that the handful of nuts could easily become like six handfuls of nuts if you're not careful. And so you get your, your big bulk of nuts and you divide it out into handfuls of nuts in a bag that you can just grab. And then to make sure that happens, you put out that bag of nuts beside your lunch or beside your water or beside whatever it's going to trigger it so that you remember to grab those nuts and add them into your diet. Now you begin to see that the goals are moving you to, or the habits are moving you towards your goals. Your goal, the bigger goal, right, is not to eat more nuts per day. It's probably to eat better or to lose weight or to get in better shape. All of those goals that we know are kind of regular for all of us. And then we begin to break it down from the habits that move us in that direction. Goals are always achieved through an accumulation and culmination of habits and systems that are in that direction. So if you have a goal... The first thing you do is you begin to pick your systems that will support that. 
And then you choose your habits that activate that system. The system is the overall approach, you know, making sure that the right foods are in the right place and the wrong foods are not there, making sure that the food, the, the, the clothes are available for you. Then the habit part of that is stepping into that, getting up and grabbing that water, grabbing those nuts and putting on those walking shoes and letting that reminder get you going. We talked about how you do those reminders. Now we've talked about how those end up in goals. And the next step of that, into my mind, is how you make that consistent. One idea that I would, would suggest to you is to gamify the process. Gamification is the big move in apps and online places where they kind of turn it into some sort of a game. You know, how many points can you get? And so if you go to a site that tells you that if you fill in a review, you get this many points, they've gamified the process. If you go there and you do enough reviews of places, then you get a certain rank. That's a gamification. The reason is because it's rewarding you. You see your progress along the way. So how could you do that with habits? Well, one way is to decide uh, to get kind of a, a monthly calendar just and, and really forget your app on your phone. Uh, use one that's written down, and this is your habits calendar. And you just draw a circle on each day to represent whatever habit it is. Let's say you're starting two habits and you might have a circle and a square, each representing a different one. So the circle might represent having drunk that glass of water each day. And the square might be uh, eating fruits and vegetables that day. And the process of gamification is to see if you can maintain your streak. You'll notice that apps do that already for you, and you might be able to find one to do that, but this allows that to happen. My Apple Watch likes to watch me do my movements through the day, and it'll tell me how I'm doing. You know, it'll tell me it's time to stand up. It'll tell me how many minutes I've, I've put into exercise, how many move points I get. And then what I've noticed along the way is it likes to tell me that I've got a new achievement. You know, if I exercise extra long, I get a special achievement. If I keep the streak going, I get a special achievement. You might have other apps that do the same kind of thing. You know, if you have a communication app, you know, Snapchat or something like that, it tells you how long you've kept the streak going with a friend. That's the gamification that you can apply to your life because now you can see. I had a close friend who uh, is a writer who, who committed to doing 10 pages a day of writing. And the way he tracked it is every day on the calendar, he would fill in the blank. So he put in a circle on every day and he would fill in the blank. And then he tried to keep the streak going. So it's no big deal if after a couple of days, one was empty. But it's a big deal if after 30 days, you have an unbroken chain of accomplishment that you want to keep it unbroken. And so the power of gamification is you can always move forward and keep that streak going. See how many of the circles or squares you can color in on your, your habit calendar, how long you can keep that habit going. Over time, what you recognize is it becomes so ingrained that you've now got a habit of also keeping it on the calendar just so you can tell yourself that you're, you're accomplishing it, but you also have the habit in your life of how you're doing the habit that you're tracking. The gamification itself begins to be a habit, but it supports the other habits because it lets you know that you have been moving forward consistently in those goals towards your bigger goal, in those habits towards your goal. 
So as you move forward this week, my challenge for you is as you think about the goals that you have, whatever they are, to write a book, to run a marathon, to start a company, whatever it is, to step back and ask, what are the systems I need to put in place that begin to move me in that direction? And once you've figured out the systems, to ask yourself, what are the habits that are necessary to support that system? And once you have your habits listed, then to gamify that so you can begin to track how you keep track of your habits and therefore your systems and how that moves you towards your goals. Next time we talk about the linchpin habits that you can have, how those linchpin habits can make all of the other habits so easy. But I wish you the best as you continue to set those goals and thrive in your life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.